Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden in New York City. Now, we're going to talk about errors, educators, and the evisceration that El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, laid on Senate Majority Leader, Minority Leader now, Mitch McConnell. He eviscerated him at Mar-a-Lago over the weekend, and we're going to get into that towards the end of the show. Right now, I want to jump into this big error that happened. Of course, you have police officer, 26-year veteran police officer, that says, I grabbed the wrong gun, and oh, bleep, I shot him. You've probably heard this audio by now. You already know that 20-year-old Duante Wright was killed by this police officer. Now listen, everybody's on every side of this. There's some people that their gut reaction is right away to just blame the victims. Oh, you know what? If he didn't have a warrant, if he didn't have this, if he didn't have air freshener, if he didn't whatever, if he would have just listened, if he didn't run, I get it. But I got to tell you, I look at this stuff and I try to put myself in those shoes. I look at this. I have a 19-year-old daughter that's going to be 20 in a few months. And I know you're thinking, Rich, is your daughter going to run away from the cops? My question is, let's say she did. How would I feel? Would I sit here and go, well, you know what? She should have listened to the cops. She should have ran away. I don't think I'm going to say that. I think I'm going to say, I don't care what some stupid teenager or 20-year-old does. And I'm not saying my kid is stupid. I'm not saying that kid's stupid. But I know that at 20 years old, I did lots of stupid things. And all I could think of is, should that be the end of your life? Now, you know, this really opens up the door to some stuff that I want to talk about, and we're going to get to that. But if you haven't heard of what happened in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, this is a suburb of Minneapolis where George Floyd uh, met his maker. And again, that was another situation that I thought was unfortunate. And in that case, and we'll, you know, I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute also, because there's some comparisons that I've heard that I, I don't think they're completely accurate. But one of the things I want to talk about is this thing with Duante Wright and uh, 26-year police veteran Katie Potter. First, listen to what happened. Check this out. (laughs) 
All right, so now the audio doesn't do it all of the justice that it needs, in my opinion, because you don't see that he's there. He seems compliant until she grabs his elbow. Now, I'm going to share with you, you guys know, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that I spent a little bit of time, 90 days, in an abbreviated police academy in Essex County, New Jersey, at Essex County College, when I served um, the Nutley Police Department as a volunteer. Uh, their auxiliary unit, all we did was parades and traffic control and all that wasn't part of the SWAT team or anything like that. But you learn a few things. And I remember learning handcuffing techniques. And I remember them telling us, listen, all hell breaks loose when the bad guy hears the click, click, click of the handcuffs. So there's a lot of ways to do it. One of the ways to do it is usually just to deescalate the whole thing, the whole time. Hey, do me a favor. Uh, why don't you put your hands behind your back for your safety, my safety, blah, blah, blah. You've probably heard cops say that. There's also something, at least it was taught to me this way, as the L.A. method, where you grab the handcuffs by the chain so that you can put them on both wrists at the same time while holding the suspect's thumbs for leverage as the thumbs are pointing up. So you can just one shot, both cuffs go on both wrists at the same time. They slide around and they snap right into place. It's got to be quick because a lot of people freak out when the cuffs go on. At least this is how it was taught to me. I get it. You never know what you're going to expect. You guys know I've shared with you. My brothers were both on the job NYPD. Both um, got into shootouts while they were on the job. I I respect the job. I respect the cops. Uh, You know, I volunteered. My nephew's still on the job, counterterrorism. Trust me, I backed the blue. But in looking at this, you know, and before we had the facts, we have more facts now. Before we had the facts, I was telling uh, Mr. Producer, who was in the room with me, I said, look, we're going to be really shocked and awed if we find out this is a veteran person that was training a rookie. And that's why she grabbed his elbow, because she might have thought, you know what, you're not doing it right. You don't have enough leverage on him. You, You know, he's not diagonally leaning on the car so that he doesn't have the ability to run away and you don't have his feet spread apart enough and your foot's not closer to his foot. I mean, there's so many things with handcuffing. And not to get technical, and I'm not an expert. I'm literally a layman that had very brief training. But the point is, you don't want them to run away because that's when they're going to run away. Now, from what I saw, it looked like this guy had it under control until she grabs his elbow, at which time... He does the dip. Now, I'm thinking to myself, she may have grabbed his elbow because of something that we can't see on the camera. Her years of experience saying, you know what? We got a runner. So I'm not here to pass judgment. I'm going to give my analysis on the video. So I see her grab his elbow. The minute she grabs his elbow, he's like, F this, I'm out of here. He bolts right into the car. She, with 26 years of experience, she's screaming frantically, taser, 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 taser. I don't understand, but whatever. Again, I wasn't there. I'm not on the job, so I can't uh, say, I can have an opinion as somebody that's watching this, not as somebody that was there. But she seems frantic to me, and then she goes and grabs the wrong gun. Who does that? Again, the the training that, that, that I had was obviously not the same training she had, But I saw guys there, they were training for all sorts of things, guys way more advanced than me. And they trained with a rubber gun on one side and a different rubber gun on the other side for taser. I mean, that's just how it was. So I think, you know, if if you're a professional law enforcer and you have to qualify and one of the most 
critical moments of your job is pulling out the gun and stopping somebody, that muscle memory is there. But if your training isn't up to par and you end up shooting somebody thinking, you know, you were going to tase them and then you go, oh, bleep, that kid is dead. I mean, listen, I get it. Going into the car, he might have been going for a gun. It could have been the end of her life. She may even be justified in the shoot. But it it doesn't look good. And quite frankly, I think from just a perspective of uh, armchair quarterbacking, this is one of those things where I think it could have gone a lot better. And I think she made it a lot worse. Now, of course, there's going to be a chorus of people. And you're going to be, oh, Rich, you're getting soft. It's not that I'm getting soft. I just, I don't know what they knew about the warrants. I don't know. It didn't look like they were pulling him out to do a felony stop when they stopped him. Maybe that information came later. It's lots of lots of variables. But the point is, I don't think we should be killing people. And this is the bigger point that I want to make. Where the heck is our compassion? Why is it okay to just say, oh, another thug? We don't know who the heck this kid was. He, might have, he may have been a thug. I'm not going to call somebody a thug or a criminal just because they're violating gun laws. Because you know what? You put me in Chicago, if I had to live in Chicago... I can almost guarantee you that I would probably be a criminal just like them. You know why? Because I would pack some heat. If the bad guys are going to carry a gun, I'm going to carry a gun. In a place where the, where the body count on every Monday after the weekend in Chicago is through the roof? Come on. Can you blame somebody? Now, again, this wasn't Chicago. It was Minnesota. But again, <clears throat> I don't know the area. But I do know the media. And I'm not making excuses for anybody. My kid's not carrying a gun. My kid's stopping when they're supposed to stop. My kid's been pulled over and they've made it through without a scratch. Thank God. But I am going to say, if the media is on 24-7, Snapchat, Facebook, CNN, MSNBC, no matter where you go, and you're a 20-year-old guy like this young man, Duante Wright, and every single place you turn, probably even your college classroom, and they're telling you, Cops are trying to kill you because you're a black man. Cops are trying to kill you. It's open season on the black men. The white police officer is trying to kill you. If that's all you hear in the media, I I can understand the apprehension, the reservation to why people don't want to get out and talk to the cops. They feel safer in the car. I'm not making excuses. I get it. They tell you to get out. All right, officer, I'm getting out. I would do it. I would get out. Although I understand that if you're getting out of the car, it's typically to get locked up, right? There's no reason a traffic stop should result with you outside of your car. But bottom line here, I can't sit here and continue to look at a 20-year-old kid that's dead now because whatever, they're they're making these stories about uh, air fresheners that he had on his mirror, whatever, obstructing. If that's what he got pulled over for, you know what? I remember being 20 and getting pulled over by the Leonia police in New Jersey because I had like a 30% tint on my window. You could see right inside the car and I had beige leather interior. You could see how many people were in the car. It wasn't like limo tint where you couldn't see in the officer's safety. You could see people. You could see the movement. Plus, they got those crazy mag lights. I remember getting pulled over and this cop simply pulled me out. Did you know tints are illegal in New Jersey? I was like, oh, sorry, officer. Of, co- of course I knew tints were illegal, but I was also 20 years old and I had a cool car and I wanted to have tinted windows. And I just think to myself, that was me at 20. And, you know, who's the car registered to? Oh, it's my mother's car. 
Oh, your mother's got really nice taste in cars. I had a black coupe with, you know, beige leather. It was a brand new car. My mom insured it. I couldn't afford the insurance at 20. Or I could, but it was just way too cost prohibitive, if you will. You know, I would have spent all my money on that and it wouldn't have made sense. So my mom helped me out. And I just think of myself then, you know what? I wanted to be cool in my car. This guy wanted to be cool with his girlfriend, whatever the case was. I'm not defending his illegal gun possession or any of that. Maybe he was robbing people that I understand was a warrant for robbery. Not cool, bad, all bad. I'm just saying this fatal accident, I get it. Accidents happen. They do. They honestly do. And and the benefit of doubt is what it's all about. But I'm really tired of people just automatically making it like, it's okay that this kid is dead. It's okay that he's not going to see 21. It's somehow we're better off because he's not here. No, BS. That's just not true. That's bigotry. And I'm tired of hearing it. I'm hearing too much of it. That's the bottom line. Now, with respect to Derek Chauvin, I think his defense team is doing an exceptional job. This one's pretty straightforward. Their job is to say... Did he try to kill this guy on purpose? If they can't prove that he tried to kill him on purpose, then guess what? There's a shadow of a doubt and he's going to walk. And I think that may be in fact what happens unless they decide kind of like they did with President Trump that even though there was no proof and there was no this and there was no that, we still got to do it anyway. Well, because that's what we got to do. I don't know if that's right. I really don't. I think that's wrong and I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll see. Anyway, keep it locked right there. Coming up next, I'm going to talk about what's going on with kids, education, one teacher that just got suspended for running her mouth, and a whole lot more. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. The 45th President, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Yeah. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. Rich Valdez with an S. El Conservador. And thank you. I just want to thank you guys. I always do. I try to take a minute to thank you for downloading the podcast and for sharing it with your friends and for all of the five-star reviews. I'm just humbled by them. Thank you so much. And remember, This Is America is going on the road. We're coming to a few different cities this summer. So if you're interested in that, let me know at richvaldez.com. I'll let you know how you can get involved in that. And we're going to put an official statement out. But I want to talk about educators and education. Now, it's a critical time. I think there's so many teachers that are saying lots of different things and parents are saying things and teachers are saying things and everybody's kind of at each other's throat. And of course, the media is to blame for a lot of that. Right. And we just talked about what happened in Minnesota. And it just, I would be remiss if I didn't just bring up this one clip of the media interviewing the police chief in Minnesota before we get into the teachers and the education topic that I want to get into. And he tells them, you know, that there were riots. And they say, no, 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 no. There were no riots, sir. You don't know what you're talking about. Meanwhile, he's the cop. And we've all seen these riots all over TV. There's wall-to-wall coverage of these riots. But I want you to listen to this. What was your decision to issue a dispersal order um, while they were peacefully protesting in front of the uh, police station? What, what led to you to issue a dispersal order and then on the back end of that 10-minute dispersal order, then to issue out uh, CO2 canisters and gas uh, for the crowd? So, Can you talk to us about yeah, that? Just so everybody's clear, I was 
front and, front and center at the protest, at the at the riot. Um, we did not. There was. So. I was, we were being, the officers that were putting themselves in harm's way were being pelted with frozen cans of pop. They were being pelted with concrete blocks. And yes, we had our helmets on and we had other protection gear, but an officer was injured, hit in the head with a brick. brick. That was a Hennepin County deputy. He was transported to the hospital. So we had to make decisions. We had to disperse the crowd because we can't allow our officers to be harmed. And I've already answered the question, I believe, about your lighting. I know that's a that's a big deal with you, and I understand that. But I thought I'd explain that myself. So that is, I told you, it's my decision. And that's why I made that decision. Now, it comes as no surprise that the media is making stuff up and telling you what you can believe and what you can't believe. That's why we have teachers that have gone astray. That's why we have students that don't know what to do with themselves. And maybe later we'll play this clip from CNN where the reporter kind of gets ambushed by one of the passers-by and he just tells her, you ain't doing anything to help us here. You're just making things worse. Plus, we're going to get into what James O'Keefe and Project Veritas have in the next segment when we talk about President Trump and everything that he's doing to expose CNN. But right now, speaking of exposed, there's a teacher that exposed herself and she uh, kind of got caught up in what's going on nowadays where everybody's recording everybody on Zoom calls. And I shared this on my Rumble account because I thought it was really, uh, it was humorous, honestly, but it's sad at the same time. The teacher, whose name is Ms. Pirro, she was caught on video berating students over their parents' distance learning complaints during a Zoom class. And she's since been placed on administrative leave. She got suspended. First, I want you to hear what this teacher had to say. Check this out. themselves out. The haters did. Evil. They are forced to bring awareness to the situation that they are in because other people put them in that situation. My question is, in this case, where is the uh, white suit union? Because, because we, we need all races. You need equality. a white student union, Jake. Oh. You get everything. Your parents wants to talk to me about their profession and their opinion on their profession, I would love to hear that. I know very little about anything else in the world other than education, okay? However, if your parent wants to come talk to me about how I'm not doing a good enough job in distance learning based on what you need as an individual, just dare them to come at me. Because I am so sick to my stomach of parents trying to tell educators how to do their job. I have never once gone to a doctor's appointment and tried to tell my medical health provider how to treat me. You know why? Because I know nothing about that. I didn't get my degree in medicine. I am going off. I'm sorry. This is my go off period. That's San Marcos High School teacher Alyssa Pirro lambasting the juniors. They're not quite seniors yet, but they're not sophomores. They were juniors in her class. And they start talking about different things. She says, I'm so sick to my stomach of parents trying to tell educators how to do their job. She shouts it in the video that you just heard. The district announced that Pirro had been put on administrative leave pending an investigation, as according, uh, according to Fox News and the New York Post. In a statement, school officials said, we're deeply concerned, quote unquote, about Piro's behavior, 
but vowed to uphold her due process and privacy rights. Isn't that funny how they uphold due process when it's one of theirs? But whether it's Kavanaugh or anybody else, including this officer now that's in question, Derek Chauvin, anybody else that gets caught on video, they say, no, 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 no due process. When it's a teacher that gets caught red-handed, definitely due process. Now, listen, I'm not a hypocrite, at least not today. I'm going to say, I think everybody deserves due process. Everybody. But the teacher got really mad when one student called for a white student union. Now, I could see that uh, taking somebody by surprise because, to me, I would look at it as an opportunity to teach these young people something. Whether it was a Hispanic kid or, or a white kid or a black kid saying, I think we should have a a Latinx student union or whatever. And again, I don't use the term Latinx. I'm using it for the sake of sounding lefty. But the point I'm making is, I think it's an opportunity to say, you know what, why do you want that? Why do you want to, you know, eliminate the diversity? Or why do you want to do X, Y, and Z? Unless it's a cultural thing. Which again, more power to you. As long as it's not uh, exclusionary for the sake of, you know like the left likes to say, othering. I, I think that would be wrong. Be like, oh, you can't hang out with us because, well, because you're white. Or you can't hang out with us because, well, because you're black. That would be uncool. But the student, identified by Fox News as Jace Jonas, said uh, the teacher's outburst was triggered by a question that he wrote in the Zoom chat box after the school announced the creation of an Asian student union. <laughs> so he's playing devil's advocate. And he says, I wanted to make a comment in the Zoom text box, not disrupting the class. I commented, why do some races get student unions, but others not? We should have a student union for all races or no races for true equality. I love it. It sounds like he was doing it very tongue-in-cheek, not as if he actually only wanted to hang out with white students in a white student union. She started berating me, as a quote, about how, as a white male, I got everything, and it's my duty to look out for minorities and all these racist remarks against whites and males. She later called me a moron. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make that up. Anyway, Jace told his dad, Jim Jonas, and they're not related to the Jonas Brothers, by the way, and they told Principal Kelly Brown about what happened. I don't know what the school did allowing this woman to get a degree, but maybe she can get her money back, is what the dad said about uh, the teacher, Ms. Pirro, saying she's on hinge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the point is, I think it's not just teachers that are wearing thin. And again, we don't know if she's wearing thin or if she's really just a big left-wing activist that hates white men. And that seems to be the big thing right now on the um, left side of the spectrum. One thing we know for sure is that teachers have been the foot soldiers of the unions for a long time. And the unions have been the foot soldiers of the Democrat Party for even longer. And that's something we can't lose sight of. Too many good and well-intentioned teachers are drowned out by people that have got into this because of activism, because of politics, where even students now aren't even able to have a, a take a stand or to, to have a conversation. And it's students, according to the Wall Street Journal, that are really paying the price here. Loneliness, anxiety, and loss, the COVID pandemic's terrible toll on kids, Wall Street Journal. And it, it's really upsetting because... You've got student after student talking about how they're not doing well, they're in tears, they're depressed, they're canceling camps, they're canceling classes, they're canceling family trips. Everybody's 
stuck indoors, and they're losing it. And it's a real thing. And for many politicians, they're saying, oh, this is good for you. Obviously, we know that this cure is a lot worse than the disease. And we've got to kind of get our heads collectively, of course, out of our butts so that we can figure out what's going on and do the right thing. Now, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I think you guys know where I stand on this stuff. But I do want to talk about, speaking of kids, about this video Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade that I shared on Rumble. And it's interesting because it's of a mom with her child. And all of a sudden, this woman in a uh, yellow vest, like a neon yellow vest with the uh, reflective stripe, she comes and she starts harassing this woman who's nursing, breastfeeding her child. Now, I find really interesting about this story is that the, the woman's like, excuse me, miss, if, you're, if your daughter can't uh, put a mask on, we're going to have to ask you to leave. And the mom says, excuse me, I'm nursing the child. And she turns the camera from the the airline employee to her breast that has a child sucking on it. The child is nursing at the very moment that this woman's telling the kid to put a mask on. Everybody else is allowed to eat on the plane without wearing a mask, but not this kid. Now, of course, the number one comment that I got when I shared this on Parlor, and if you're not following me on Parlor, please do. There's a lot of good stuff on there from my Rumble account, at um, Rich Valdez on all social media. What's interesting is everybody said, how big is that kid? The kid might have been four or five or two or three and really tall. But the point was it wasn't an infant, which I think is what they were expecting. But my point is if the kid was 44, no, he shouldn't have been breastfeeding. But my point is if he was eating a bag of peanuts, in order to chew, you've got to put the food in your mouth. You've got to remove the mask. And then the woman goes on to say it's a federal law and it's, it's a federal regulation. And we all know that it's not. These are airline rules. There's federal guidance. And that's all that is. So I want you to listen to this. Check this out. Hi, good morning, ma'am. So um, I understand your daughter doesn't have a face mask on. She's nursing. She's going to nurse okay. the whole flight. And I can just, like, get away from everybody. No, no, no. It's, like, it's nobody not, here has a problem with no, it. No, it's not about that. It's just... I can't do it. It's going to suffocate her. And I care more about her health. Okay, so it is a federal right, uh, law now. It's not a law. It is. Okay, but I can't follow it because she's gonna die and suffocate. Okay, so um, unfortunately, if you cannot, if she cannot wear a mask. I already paid for the we flight. Would, we would refund We're about you to leave, the... why don't we just go? What's the big deal? I really don't understand this. I'm recording this right I, now. Yes, Because it's, a, it's wrong. No, it's, it's not about wrong. Her, it's, it's not about her nursing. It's wrong, what's going it's on? It's just about her No, I know that it's not about her nursing. Right. Because you want me to put a mask on her. It's yeah, that's crazy stuff. In the words of the immortal, in my opinion, radio king of New York, Bob Grant, it's sick and getting sicker. It really is when you can't breastfeed your kid on a plane without having your kid wear a mask. This is a problem. I was on Instagram and I saw some woman that had put a picture and it said that, you know, I'm allowed to walk around topless just about anywhere nowadays. Everybody wants to see my boobs all the time. 
except for when I'm breastfeeding, then all of a sudden it's indecent. And I thought, how's that for irony? Anyway, keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. Up next, we've got James O'Keefe and a crazy bombshell story on CNN. Plus, what Donaldus Magnus El Trompito, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente, what he had to say about Mitch McConnell over the weekend. Don't move a muscle. You don't want to move this. We're not done just yet. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. All right, what's up, America? Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all the social media. Welcome back to This Is America. And again, thank you for subscribing and having your friends subscribe and for following me on all of the social media at Rich Valdez with an S. Now, we're going to talk about James O'Keefe, Project Veritas. Full disclosure, I used to work there as the uh, national field director. I was in charge of all special operations across the country that were going on. And I love the stuff that they're doing. I love the fact that James is spanking the New York Times in court. He's already had two victories. And today he's got the goods on CNN and they've been released. And I want to play you a clip of that. Check this out. Look what we did. We got Trump back. I am 100% going to say it. And I 100% believe it that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know that Trump would have got voted out. I really don't think so. Really? I think if COVID had, I think if COVID hadn't happened, it wouldn't have mattered what covered, and Trump would still be in office. Oh. I, I, no, I believe. No, I don't. I, I came to CNN because I wanted to be a part of that. Now that's Charlie Chester. He's a director at CNN, technical director. He's caught on undercover video, saying, "Look at what we did. We got Trump out." I'm a hundred percent going to say it, and I'm a hundred percent believing that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know what Trump would have gotten voted out. He doesn't believe that America would have voted Trump out. Guess what? I don't believe it either. I think that they put their thumb on the scale to interfere in an election. CNN meddled in the 2020 election. And that's not me saying it. That's Charlie Chester from CNN. But that wasn't all Mr. Chester had to say. He went on. He was talking about how they made stuff up, talking about making sure that it looked like Trump had some sort of neurological condition. Yeah, listen to him. Check this out. Yeah, I mean, like Trump, we did it. Like when Trump uh, was, uh, I, I don't know, like his hand was shaking or whatever like that. We brought in like so many medical people to like all tell a story that like it was all speculation that he was like neurological damage, like that, that he was losing it, he's unfit to, you know, whatever. We were... We were creating a story there that we didn't know anything about. You know, we were, so that's, that's, I think that's probably it. You know? um, we had nothing else to run with at that time. We were like just taking shots off the bow, just hoping something would hit. You know? I guess I have a, a confession. I, I worry about Biden and his, and his, and his health, I guess. Your news health? I just want to like take care of him and make sure he's okay. Like he's definitely the whole thing of him running during the entire president, like run for the campaign, showing him jogging was obviously a deflection of his age, and they're trying to make him like unhealthy. Oh, is that what we did? I, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? We would always show shots of him jogging. Yeah. And that I'm healthy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And 
him and Aviator Shades and like as like you paint him as a young geriatric. I had like so many arguments about like my dad be like, you're um, you know you're voting in Kamala Harris because he's gonna die in the presidency. And I'm like, I can die. Right, I don't think he's gonna die. But I'm okay with that. Right. I'm okay with that. I think she could she be probably a bitch. be better, but she probably could be a bitch in like a board meeting yeah. and you'd hate her as a boss. But she's real and better than what we've had right. regardless. Yeah. I don't I don't see I think I, I think we got him through this term. He even admits that this is propaganda. We were we were creating a story that we didn't know anything about, you know? That's what I think that's propaganda, you know? We had nothing else to run with at the time. We were like just taking shots off the bow and hoping something would tip, you know? Your news health? Huh? Charlie Chester is part of the, the team of people that we have to thank for Joe El Baboso Biden being in the White House. But wait, there's more. After admitting that they didn't make a big deal about Biden tripping on the stairs like they did for Trump when he had to walk down the stairs slowly because his shoes were slipping and sliding all over the place, he admits that they did it on purpose to suppress the story. Listen to this. And then so there are complaints that like, we're not covering that Biden tripped up the stairs. Oh, did you? Like we talked about it briefly, but- Well, you talk about that briefly. You don't make that a huge story. Okay, so but the, the fact that we talk about the Trump tripping is part, is a bigger nuance. It's a nuanced conversation because did, that's a sign Did we of, harp on Trump tripping? I think we talked about it a little bit. As long as we talk about it a little bit with Biden, then I think we're going to. Like, we didn't cover it all on God. Like, we didn't talk about it. We're going to be tripping up the stairs. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, to me, this is the uh, pièce de la résistance, as they say in France. This is the, the big cheese right here, where Charlie Chester says that getting Trump out was their focus. And now that he's out, they can focus on climate change because they can get more mileage out of that. It's an easier tool for the demagogue. Because again, keep in mind that the Democrats are straight demagogues. This is what they do. They play on your fears. Now, that doesn't mean that there are not some people on the right that also play on fears. There are. Sad to say it. We should never be motivated by fear. It's my opinion that we shouldn't because that makes us demagogue proof. Forget being scared. We're losing our country. What are we going to do? You're already too far gone. Pull it together. Pull yourself together. Dust yourself off. Let your brain start working again. Don't be scared. Take action. Trust me, Trump doesn't start whining. Oh, what are we going to do, folks? What are we going to do? He doesn't do that. He takes action. George Washington did not turn around and look at at, uh, Marquis Lafleur and everybody else that he was working with in the Revolutionary War and say, oh, what do we do, guys? What do we do? No, of course that didn't happen. And neither should you. We have to be clear-headed and sober-minded and focused on how we're going to win. But listen to Charlie. I think there's just like a COVID fatigue. So like whenever a new story comes up, they're going to latch onto it. They've already announced in her office that once the public is will be open to it, we're going to start focusing mainly on climate um, uh, climate like global warming and like that's going to be our next like um, 
It's our. It's going to be our focus. Like, uh, like our, our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was, right? So our next thing is going to be for climate change awareness. What does that look like? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I have a feeling it's just going to be like constantly showing videos of like decline and ice and weather warming up and like the effects it's having on the economy and, and really Who decides about that? The head of the network like just Who's that? Is that Zucker? Zucker, yeah. I imagine that he's got his counsel and they've all like discussed like where they think um, So that's like the next pandemic like story like that will yeah that will will beat to death but that one's got longevity you know what I mean it's not like there's a definitive ending to the pandemic or you know like it'll taper off to a point that it's you know not a problem anymore probably think it's going to take years so they'll probably be able to milk that for quite a bit you know so so Climate change overload. Prepare. Be prepared. It's coming. <laughs> Story. Like right now, um, we had an inside track right now where two stories are going to be pushed. Climate change is going to be the next COVID thing to see. Now we're going to we're going to hone in. Focus on that. I love it. But that's and, but that's a fair you thing. You saw that coming. going to be like the new COVID. I feel like, well, that's the way it was built. Um, unless that was just a call to arms to get people to start writing and, and then we'll assess it. I don't know, but... Do you think it's going to be just like a lot of like fear? Like, climate. Yeah, fear sells. So there you have it. He says it's going to be our, and that's CNN, our focus. Like our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was, right? So our next thing is going to be for climate change awareness. And this is what they're going to do. They're going to push this demagoguery to scare the crap out of the left, to tell them you can't have kids if you thought you were going to have kids. Forget having kids. You can't even be alive for the next dozen years. And I think we're down to nine years or eight years. They want to scare the crap out of you and scare the pants off you. And once they scare the pants off you, they want to scare the socks off you. Don't believe the hype. We can't allow this to keep happening Kudos to O'Keefe and his crew. And there's a lot more of this and you can hear the rest of it on his website. I just wanted to give you a couple of nuggets of it because I think it's so important that we know exactly what the media is doing. But this is how it works. They scare the crap out of you. Notice Trump doesn't always work with fear tactics. It's not fear tactics. He tries to be matter of fact. He tries to make simple examples. But he doesn't use fear tactics. And that's why I like Trump. Because he, he calls it like it is and he says, we will make America great again. He talks about how we're going to take action. We're going to get it done. And that's what we got to do. Be about our action and get things done. Now, over the weekend, Trump called Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, quote, a dumb son of a bitch during a big donor party at Mar-a-Lago, uh, joking uh, that the COVID-19 vaccine should also be named the Trump scene. In his honor, according to uh, different accounts of people that were at the event, and it was closed to the press, so we haven't gotten hands on any audio of it yet. But if we do, you'll be the first to hear it. Now, Trump went 
off of his prepared remarks, which is always good. If you've ever seen the president speak, when he goes off script, it's when it gets the best. He's funny, he's witty, and he's so passionate. And he lashed out against um, Mitch McConnell because, well, why wouldn't you? Mitch McConnell's such a source of pain and he and all things that are not going well in the Republican Party. He's a, a real s- symbol of the swamp. But anyway, Trump also said that he recently told Pence that he was still disappointed in him for not intervening in the congressional certification process. And that's something that most scholars agree that he didn't have the authority to do, but I think he wanted him to be more vocal on it and at least make an attempt to do it and have somebody tell him, hey, you can't do that, you know, as a symbolic gesture of of loyalty. And I could understand that. Um, And I could understand where Pence is coming from, too, quite frankly. But this is where we're at. McConnell has to be stopped, and Trump is, again, like always, setting the example. The first example he set was, you know what? If you, you got a problem with what's going on, you got to be willing to walk away from your job where you're making billions of dollars, take your supermodel wife, leave your penthouse in Manhattan, and move into the swamp to take on McConnell and the Democrats. And he did it. He set that example for us. Now he's setting another example of us, of going right after these people. Don't beat around the bush. Go for the gusto. And that's what we got to do. And no, put your guns away. Not a single shot needs to be fired here. They're not shooting at us. This is an incredible mind game. They're going after the hearts and minds of Americans, left, right, and center. Look at this, Rashida Tlaib. Now they say she's taking heat because she made a comment saying that we should have no more policing and that the shooting of the young man I spoke about before, Duante Wright, that it was intentionally racist. She writes, it wasn't an accident on Twitter. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. This is a sitting congresswoman. Duante Wright was met with aggression and violence. I am done with those who condone government-funded murder. Each and every word here is loaded, straight-up demagoguery to scare people and coalesce them into thinking it's us versus them. She should be ashamed of herself. She goes on, no more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. Now, you know, what's interesting is that when they cancel the police, they defund the police, there's no more. They abolish ICE. They've got nothing. You have utter lawlessness all over the place, right? You've got little girls that are getting thrown over a fence, older girls that are getting raped that are voiceless the next day because they're so hoarse from screaming through gang rape in these border facilities. You have this horrible event that I think, again, was it was an accident and it was a very unfortunate one. And it was one that I think probably could have been avoided with better training and an officer that was better prepared to react. My opinion. Sorry. And I do back the blue. But that doesn't make any excuse for comments like this from this congresswoman. But again, this is the woman who shouted, impeach the MFR. I mean, that's her. She, she enjoyed getting arrested and ejected from an event where Trump was campaigning. She was arrested for it. This is who she is. She is a radical. Okay, got it. She's a radical. She's part of the squad. Our point, our mission should be to defund people like that, to make sure they're not making the money. And if they are making the money, raising the money, then we've got to fund and find qualified quality candidates that can take them on, that are going to take them on. Support the PACs and the super PACs that are putting out the ads to go against these people. Because it can't just be their ideas that permeate the airwaves. 
saying that, quote, it wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. Duante Wright was met with aggression and violence, and I'm done with those who condone government-funded murder. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. These are horrible words. Now, it sounds obviously she's very emotional. She's speaking from a position of emotion, not at a position of logic. But that's our job as patriots, as lovers of liberty, as people that love this country. We have to see this and say, you know what? This woman doesn't belong in Congress. She belongs giving speeches at the Million Woman March wearing a pink hat. She belongs, you know, trying to support guys or strong arm guys like Joe El Maboso Biden. Oh, wait, she is doing that. They are trying to push him further to the left, but it seems like they're winning. We've got our work cut out for us. There's plenty for us to do, plenty for us to to focus on. We just got to do it. We can't sit here and wonder what the solution is. We have to sit here and think of what is it that I can do. And I don't mean to sound like JFK, but really, if the shoe fits, right? Forget about what the Republican Party can do for you. Forget about what America can do for you. But ask, what is it that I can do for the party? What is it I can do for this country? And forget the Republican Party because I'm their biggest critic. It's not about the party to me. It's about America. And we've got to do what's right. But we can't do what's right if we sit here just bad-mouthing them, saying, oh, they're spineless. They got, they don't do anything. We know that already. We know that. I made the example the other day, final thought, where if you're walking down the street and you see somebody and they got their own kid, but they start beating the crap out of their own kid. And forget a little kid. I'm talking about like an infant, you know, a little tiny baby. Of course you're going to stand up for this little baby because the baby can't stand up for itself. And even though it's their kid, you're going to say, hey, Take it easy. Or maybe you have a better way. Maybe you're more gentle. You're a kinder, gentler nation, right? Then you say, oh, hey, sweetheart, you know, I know what it's like. I was I was a young parent once too. Whatever your approach is, you're going to do something. Unless you're going to be a real douche nozzle and say, you know what? I'm going to let them continue to beat up on that baby and I'm going to mind my business. That's the damn problem in America is everybody's minding their business and we're all going to hell. And we can't have that. The country is going to crap. We have to, this is our business. America is your business. This is your job. Anyway, this is why I always say, you have to get involved. I'm not going to sit there and let them beat up the baby. Well, in this situation, America's the baby. You have to get involved and say, hey, look, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to do something. And it's not going to be to tell somebody else over there, hey, McCarthy, you're not doing it. Hey, Representative so-and-so, you're not doing it. Hey, uh, Congressman so-and-so, you're not doing it. We all know the Republicans are there playing politics, except for a handful of patriots that know how to play the game and are out there fighting left and right. The rest of them, we could do without them. Or they need a jolt. It's politics. They need they need influence. They need your influence to push them, to nudge them. Maybe a primary opponent, maybe the threat of a primary. I mean, that's the beauty of our system that gets the people to stay on their toes. I don't know who's listening. But the time for asking, what do we do? What do we do? It's over. It's time for us to start saying, here's what I did. Here's what I did. And here's how I helped. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I leave you with this thought from Hamilton. If you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And Sir Edmund Burke. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. So obviously you're not going to do nothing. You're going to defend the baby. You're going to defend America. You're going to stand up for what's right. And you're not going to wait for the Republicans to do it because, God, we know that's not going to happen.
Hasta la próxima. Until next time, America. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.